welcome to the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. We are back. Can you guys believe it's already been a week? I mean, I can't, I know that your week was probably so great that you can't eat. You're like, how did I already get here? But when you're having fun, time flies, my friends. When you're Amen. having fun, time flies. And that's what's hopefully happened to many of you, except for those of you who had a bad week, in which case I'm very sorry. We are in episode seven of the Switch Leader Essentials series, and this one is titled Partnering with Parents Practically. I'm excited about this because we have talked quite a bit about partnering with parents. I'm going to bet your youth pastor, you've heard them talk about partnering with parents, but sometimes it's easier said than done. And so this week, <laughs> we're going to talk about how to practically do that and to do it well. James and I have asked what we believe to be, I mean, I'm, you know what, I'm just going to say it, kind of like, like if Miss America had a parent contest, like oh. the best of the best, oh. like, the, wow. like a really great parent. Come on. And I know that, I think that they'd probably nominate Jen Gordon. Come Would on. You agree, James? Yeah. Wow. Amen. I think, and so Jennifer Gordon is actually the youth pastor at the Oklahoma City campus. And so we're excited to have her here, but she's also a parent to switch students. Well, and so she's going to give us a great perspective. It's mind blowing, right, James? No way. Is I, was that I, on purpose? Can you, that, it's, it was, maybe that was just God. Like I just asked and then it was like, oh wait, I actually have kids. It's not that I've known her for a long time and I knew that, <laughs> right? It's just that, man, I'm just so glad. I'm glad to that, be here. So Jen, thanks for joining us. We're looking forward to hearing some wisdom from you today. Thanks for having me again. That was like the best and most interesting introduction I've probably ever had, but I will, I'll receive it. I, I love being a youth pastor and a parent. I am never over the top. James and, no. and James isn't either. James is Especially never over James. the top about the way he very introduces mellow. people. Right. Yeah, very yeah. mellow guy. So I, hey, so that we can, <laughs> I don't know what you're going to say. I'm not going to say it now. It wouldn't have been worth it. <laughs> okay. Hold it and use it later. <laughs> Um, hey, remember what James always says, if you don't take notes, the information floats. So make Good. sure you take notes if you want to be able to walk away with this with some Unless knowledge. you're driving. Unless um, you're driving, in which case you should not take, you should only take mental notes. Oh, okay. Because goats take notes, not the animals, but the greatest of all time. They take oh, notes. Good. Let me, let me just actually put this theory to the test. Jennifer Gordon, do you take notes? All the time. Goats Physical notes take and digital notes. notes. There oh. you go. That's really good. That's really good. Hey, so we're going to get started. I'm going to hand it off to James. We are going to start episode seven of the series that we're in, Switch Leader Essentials, Partnering with Parents Practically. As always, James, inspire us. Wow, beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, yep. boys and girls, leaders and followers, disciples and teachers, today we're talking about partnering with parents Man. practically. The big idea for this week is that if we care about leading students, then we have to care about partnering with parents. If we care about leading students, then we have to care about partnering with parents. You may not know this, but there is nobody better positioned to disciple students than their own parents. If you take the average student who attends Switch, we would get them for about 40 hours a year. And then if you take the average teenager and the time they get with their parents when they're not at school, not at work, and not asleep, parents get on average 3,000 hours a year with them. So that if we more. just play a numbers game, parents have way more time to invest mm -hmm. in their kids than we do. 
That's why one of the things that we talk about is that parents are the most important influence in the lives of their kids, but they aren't the only influence they need. And that's where we come in. We show up to support those families, to strengthen them, to help partner with those parents, to lead their kids to become fully devoted followers of Christ. In the Old Testament, found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9, we read the Shema, which is like the kind of guiding prayer of the Jewish people, where the author tells us this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. If that sounds familiar to you, it should, because that is what Jesus quoted when he said, this is the most important command to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. But then in this passage back in Deuteronomy, it goes on to actually give us some instructions on how to do that. Verse six tells us that these commandments to love God with all that we are, that are being given today are to be on our hearts. The author talking to parents says, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Basically what the author is saying is, hey, parents, it is your job to disciple your kids, to help them understand who God is, that he is God and nobody and nothing else is. And so the way that you're gonna do that is every moment you get, show them what it looks like to live a life of faith. And so then we arrive, we show up every single Wednesday night because we're passionate about seeing students become fully devoted followers of Christ, discovering the life that God has for them. And we get the opportunity to partner with these parents. But like we've already kind of covered, that idea sounds really good in theory, but it can be challenging and complicated in practice. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to list off six steps that if you follow, I promise you, it will make you significantly more effective at partnering with parents. They've been tested, they've been proven, and I think it could be really valuable for you. And you're probably already doing some of these things, but hopefully this conversation will help you be a little bit more intentional in all of these things. And so I'm going to list them all off. And then we're going to go back through and spend a little bit of time talking about each one. So here are these six steps so that you can win at partnering with parents. Step one, meet them. Step two, give them access to you. Step three, leverage technology to connect regularly. Step four, show up where they show up. Step five, help them find answers. And then step six, say something positive about their kid. This is how we win at partnering with parents. Now to go back to the very first one and talk about it a little bit, Josh, tell us about how we as leaders can be intentional and effective at actually meeting the parents that we're here to partner with. That seems like it's the most basic form of what we're talking about, obviously. <laughs> have you ever parted, partnered with someone you hadn't met? <laughs> Obviously, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to put yourself out there and meet them. And so, the practical way that I'll put first is literally meeting parents at the car line pickup, or getting a phone number and calling and saying, "Hey, I'm your kid's small group leader." So, it, kind of the most practical, simple form is just meeting them. But when I think about meet them, I'm also thinking about if I meet you and I can get to know you a little bit. That's the only way for me to learn your values. And mm. I, I grew up in Switch. I was a Switch student. I didn't know it at the time, but what I learned over time 
was that my small group leader, Jason, met my parents, learned their values, knew the things that they were trying to instill in me. And then he just supported that system rather mm -hmm. than him trying to create his own. And it's so really good. It, it made it something that ended up being very effective because he was saying all the same things that my parents were saying. I just believed him. Right. That was the <laughs> that was the main difference. And so I think that I know that that can sound really simple. But the thing is, some of you listening, if you're honest with yourselves, you've got some parents that you still haven't even met like you and you may mm -hmm. not even know their name. Yeah. Like you have students in your group. I'm not saying that to make you feel bad because I realize that sometimes we have a lot of students and it can become overwhelming. So don't think in any way that this is something where we're trying to trying to go, how dare you not know them? It's more something that we're wanting you to maybe even acknowledge, hey, I'm kind of I'm kind of missing the mark, not for my youth pastor and not for myself, but for my student and their parents. And if I want to do this right, I'm going to find a way to get to know them and be a part of their life. Amen. Step one to win at partnering with parents is you got to meet them. Pickup line is my go-to spot, but not every parent picks up their kids because some kids get a ride with their friends. And so something that was really helpful that my youth pastor actually did is they got switch leader business cards where we could write our names on it and write our phone number and our email address. And so there's a parent who I hadn't gotten a chance to meet yet who through that actually emailed me. And that was how I was able to make a connection with them. And so if you're having a hard time meeting them at the pickup line, maybe talk to your youth pastor about getting some of those switch leader business cards, because that was a super helpful resource for me personally as a leader. So that's step one, you meet them. Step two is you give them access to you. Jennifer Gordon. Yeah. What does that even mean? That's a good question. So I am a youth pastor for a long time, but I'm also a parent of two switch students now. Come on. I'm a high schooler and I have a sixth grader. <laughs> and that was a big year for us. They both made the move at the same time. And you would think that like as a youth pastor, when my oldest was coming into Switch, that it was like, oh, I don't, I'm not stressed out because I know what's happening. I was so nervous as a parent to send my sixth grader in Switch. And I was laughing at myself because I was like, every adult in this building knows who my kid is. Like I'm <laughs> in charge of what's happening here, but I'm still nervous for him. And so I think giving them access to you as the adult that's the advocate for their kid in the building, in the room, is a game changer. When uh, my kids, Smith or Eliza, when their leaders text me about what's going on, hey, we're going to meet up at Brahms at this time and this time. It's, it's so helpful for me, one, to plan as a family because, you know, my ninth grader is not going to tell me about a meetup until like an hour before he's supposed to be somewhere. Often he's learning, but 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 the leader reaching out to me and then saying, hey, here I am, text me anytime. It's just, it's really reassuring as a parent. But if I'm outside of this culture, if I'm outside of Life Church or maybe outside of church period, it really matters because I don't know what's going on. And I think so many of our students have families that aren't church-based. And when you give them access to you, you're also giving them access to you as a spiritual authority that can speak life into their family. Yeah. So it matters for them, but it also matters for the parents. That's so good. You know, one of the things that I think about is I had a student who showed up for three weeks when he was a sixth grader and then snuck off to the bathroom for the entire night. Sure. And when I tried to have a conversation with his mom about it, what he had told her 
was very different than what actually happened. <laughs> and he was like, ah, yeah, I didn't go because it's the same stuff that I hear on the weekend. And I'm like, bro, no, it's not. Like, I, 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 know, what you're, I know what you're there on the weekend. It's, it's very different. So all that being said, he decided that he wasn't going to go to church anymore for a while because it wasn't valuable. But what's cool is like a month ago, after having mm-hmm. not talked to him or his mom in a year, his mom reaches back out to me. And says, hey, like, is Switch meeting again? I know the school you're starting. I'd really, like, I think it'd be really good for my son to get back involved. And she was able to do that. And I was able to respond because I had met her and given her access to me. Because whenever I meet a parent, I always let them know, hey, here's my number. You can text me at any time. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it helps build that bridge for this mom who didn't attend our church, kid who didn't attend our church, but came because his friend invited him. And so for you as a leader, after you meet him, don't just tell him your name. But also, I would give them access to you through your phone number or your email, because then that's actually the setup for step number three, which is to leverage technology to connect regularly. Something that's interesting is if I said, hey, there's this person that goes to our church and I told you their name, that's all I would have to do and you could track them down. I'm not, And it's a <laughs> little bit of like... It's a little, it's kind of weird. Like if we're, if we're honest, the, the fact that, that you could do that might be mildly concerning, but you could do it. Like you could track them down. You could probably at the very least find them on social media, shoot them and messenger and have a conversation with them and get their number that way or whatever you needed to do. So you could track them down, but that's not what you have to do. You actually have their kid sitting in front of you. And so it's, it's usually as simple as going, hey, I need your parents' phone number. Sometimes mm-hmm. we overthink technology and we're like, yeah, I'm just not like I'm not great at technology. Like I'm not I'm not great at, you know, at being on social media. And OK, then don't overthink it. If any of you don't use a cell phone. You you know what? If you don't use a cell phone, then I guess just don't worry about connecting with parents like we'll <laughs> give you a pass. That's how confident <laughs> I am that you at least use technology in that way. So don't overthink what that means. Just know that we're living in the most connected generation in history. Yeah. And while to a degree, sometimes that can be not great and it can be not great for students, especially, we have to make sure we're taking advantage of the ways that it is great. And so this could be as simple as you deciding, okay, I have this many students in my group and I'm going to create a group text that I will just use with parents to send them information. And I'm going to do this once a week and they're going to know what's coming up and switch. And so don't think of it as much as, man, I need to make sure I have their info so that I can tell them when their kids being a punk or so that they can <laughs> reach out to me in times of despair. The reality is that if you aren't keeping regular communication with them, they won't reach out to you in times that they need you because it won't cross their mind because it's not that they don't like you or don't trust you. If they don't talk to you regularly, you're not at the forefront of their mind. And so they're not going to do that. And we have to make sure that we're creating opportunities for them to be able to have a relationship with us. And so when we talk about leveraging technology to connect regularly, emphasis on the connect regularly part, Mm -hmm. that's, that has to happen and they don't expect them to respond. Don't even, you shouldn't even set an yes. expectation that they do. You just need to know, hey, at Switch, we do something different each week. We cover a different topic each week. And you all know in advance what that topic's going to be. And so just shoot them a text every Monday if that's what you want to do and say, hey, 
This week, we're covering this in Switch. I can't, I, I'm looking forward to the conversation with your student. If you need anything, you know I'm here. You know how to get a hold of me. That's really, really important. And technology just makes it easier. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, thinking through what does it look like personally to better partner with parents, that's the piece of it that I think I've been missing is a system app technology, something that makes it efficient to connect with all of the parents on a regular basis. I think I do a pretty good job of connecting with individual parents frequently, mm-hmm. but then what ends up happening when I've got a group of 15 to 20 seventh grade boys every week, it might be you know a month or two between connecting with the same parent twice because I'm hitting different parents each week. And so that's one of the things that I really want to, coming out of this conversation, put in place of a consistent system to reach out to parents so that they can know, hey, I'm here for you. You've got access to me, but I've got to do it in a way that's pretty efficient because sending out 20 individual texts, <laughs> that's yeah. that's a lot to do every week. And so that's the thing that I'm really wanting to take out of this conversation to help me be better at partner with parents. And so that was the third step. We meet them, we give them access to us, we leverage technology to connect regularly. And then number four, we show up where they show up. Yeah, that's so good. I just love all that you guys are saying. I think when I think about leaders showing up where I am and where my kids are, I think about basketball games and the soccer field. And and I have been a working mom the entire time I've been involved in student ministry. So I know what it's like to feel busy. But even if you just take your kids with you and sit on the sideline, I can't tell you what it meant to me and what it meant to my son when his switch leader, Matt, and his wife, Megan, and their kids showed up and sat with my family and sat at a baseball game. And they just brought their kids with them and they hung out with us. And it was, their kids had fun. My younger daughter and their daughter had fun together, but it meant something to me. We got to build relationship. We got to connect. Or his other leader, Dan, who's a young college age single guy, will show up at a basketball game and he'll text me, hey, when's this game, you know, come hang out with us or invite us to come and hang out with him for a few minutes when we're picking up kids after they've been at Brahms for an hour or whatever. And it just, it, it doesn't just breed familiarity like, oh, now I know Matt, now I know Dan, but it also allows me to trust them. And to kind of what Josh said earlier, I trust that they're saying the same thing I'm saying in a different voice. (laughs) Like I'm talking about screen time and phone time and, you know, relationships and stuff like that. But as they're showing up and I get to know them, it makes me trust what they're doing with my kid. So good. Yeah. I think one of the best places to do this in a way that's really easy is show up to church on the weekend because obviously not all of your students are going to be part of our church on the weekend. Maybe their parents don't come to church. Maybe their parents go to another church. All of that, it happens. But the most consistent time when I'm connecting with parents is is literally at church on the weekend because Mm -hmm. that's when all of them are there together. And it makes it so easy because I'm already doing this thing that's a regular part of my rhythm. And, you know, I serve on Sunday morning. I tend to typically attend on Saturday nights. That makes it to where I can kind of like hit more of those parents for my students that are spread throughout the weekend. And that's been a really, really great way for me to really simply and easily show up where they show up. And I love what you said, Jennifer, of how do I, if I do have kids or a family, invite my family to be a part of going to a football game for a middle school guy, which, you know, may not be quite as entertaining to some people as like watching an NFL game at home. But really when you're there and you're in the environment, I, I will go out and say it 
it, it's just so really fun. special because you've got the relationships. It's the realness of it. And invite your family to be a part of that. I think it's a really cool way to show them, hey, like this Jesus thing isn't just something we do at church. We actually yeah. do it all the time, everywhere, every day, because this is who yeah. we are. So how do we win at partnering with parents practically? We meet them. We give them access to us. We leverage technology to connect regularly. We show up where they show up. And then thing number five is we help them find answers. So if you're not a parent yet, then you maybe don't know this, but those of you that are parents know there are so many answers that we still don't have. And we're just like, (laughs) we're just every day, you're living every day and you're like, God in heaven, please help me because this kid. So I like, we've all, I mean, I have three boys and my middle son, you guys, just let me say we had a night last night. Okay. It was, it was, I mean, I'm so proud of that kid and I love him so much, but goodness gracious. I mean, and so I find myself often going, if anybody wants to help, if there's anyone out there, (laughs) please, I'm shooting off a flare. Help me. And so (laughs) that makes me think I'm probably not alone. And so if you're a small group leader or if you're a part of the check-in team or you are on the hospitality team in Switch, I want you to understand that every single one of you have an opportunity to do what we're asking you to do when we talk about partnering with parents. I remember as a student that my small group leader was definitely someone that would walk through difficult seasons with me. But I also remember other leaders that were in Switch. I remember the first person that ever checked me in on the check-in team at Switch. In time, got to know my parents and ended up becoming a, a close, just really part of our family through having a good relationship with my, with my mom. She, was, she just connected with this, this girl that was a Switch leader. And that person that was definitely not my small group leader ended up coming to baseball games and basketball games and helped when I was just going through some stuff. And when I needed somebody to talk to, she and my small group leader, Jason, they just knew the stuff that was going on. And so those were the topics that they were going to bring up. And they brought them up Mm -hmm. because they knew you're probably not going to fully process this with your parents. Like you'll talk to them about Mm -hmm. it a little bit, but maybe not in the way that you're willing to talk to me about it. Because as a small group leader or as a switch leader in general, you're kind of removed from the situation, from the house. And that causes students to think, okay, this is a, this is different. Like I can just kind of vent because you're, you're a third party that's a little bit removed and it doesn't feel as personal. And so I can process this with you. And so the way that we help parents is for one, when we say help them find answers, you can actually help them find answers about what their student is struggling with. Like you can like, you could have a parent that only if you have a relationship with them, but if you do, they will reach out to you and say, Hey, I just wanted you to know my kid's dealing with this and I can tell something's wrong and I'm having a hard time getting through to them. Mm-hmm. Would you be willing to just maybe sit down with them separately while they're at switch this week and just ask them how they're doing? And something that you might say that specific is, Hey, I heard that there's some drama on your basketball team. Like you, like whatever it may be in their life, And it allows you to then start a conversation so that you can then call that parent and say, hey, so this is what they said. And it might be good for you to do X, Y, and Z. 
that's not you sharing private information with a parent and losing trust from a student. That's actually you doing what it takes to resource a parent to love their kid. Mm -hmm. Come on. So Mm -hmm. sometimes we focus so much on, we're like confidentiality. Like, I, you know, I want them to be able to share things with me and think that, and not, not think I'm going and sharing everything with their parent. Well, you don't have to share everything with their parent. We're not telling you like everything the kid says you should report back. Some of it, they just need to vent and, a parent isn't asking you to tell them everything, but man, mm-hmm. sometimes a kid shares things that you will find yourself going, man, if their parents knew about this, I bet it would be really valuable. And if I was this kid's parent, man, I'd love to know this. Like it would be really helpful as I'm raising yeah. my kid to know that they're having a hard time because they liked this girl at school and they just found out that she doesn't like them back. And yeah. Well, that doesn't feel like the end of the world to us. We recognize that they're in the middle of it and it kind of feels like the end of the world to them. And so if I'm yeah. a parent, I want to know that because I love my kid. I'm going to walk through it with them. And so things like that, I think a question to consistently ask yourself is, if I was this kid's parent, would I want to know this information? That's really good, Josh. One of the things that I've done too with students is give them a deadline of when I'm going to call their parent. That's like, good. hey, you shared this with me. I want you to get to have that conversation with, I need to talk to your mom about this. So tonight's Wednesday. When do you think you could talk to her? Not tonight. Okay, great. Well, how about if the, I'm going to call her on Saturday? <laughs> so you've got two days. I get it, you know, rhythm at home, but I want you, because I want the student parent relationship to be stronger. Come on. Like that's my, that's my goal. As a, as a pastor, as a, and as a parent, like I want my relationship with my kids to be great. So help them, give them a deadline. You go talk to your mom about this. The other thing is if a parent is coming to you, you may not be a parent. You may not have kids that have faced this yet, but they still trust that you're an expert in kind of this age group. You may not feel like an expert, but if a parent is coming to you, they're looking for a partner. They're looking for somebody that can speak like, they're not looking for you to tell them what to do or how to fix it, but they're looking for somebody to say, will you walk this with me? And do you know any tools? And if you don't know the tools, go to your youth pastor because they've got some that you can help point parents to also. So good. How do you win at partnering with parents? You meet them, you give them access to you, you leverage technology to connect regularly, you show up where they show up, you help them find answers. And quick side note on that, some of the most frequent answers that parents are looking for are going to be related to the mental well-being of their students. Things like anxiety, depression. And the cool thing is, is that we have a church that has done a lot about that. Literally Mm -hmm. last night at Switch, I had somebody ask me, a parent, hey, if there's a teenager who's struggling with depression, what Bible plans would you recommend? And I was able to literally just send three Bible plans really quickly. I'm not a mental health expert, but I know that there are resources that our church has provided that can help give that parent the answer that they're looking for. And that's one of the easiest ways that you can do that is just let them know, here's what's happening in our church. Love for you and your family to be a part of it. Or here's something we've done before. Here's a link so you can check out this message. It's a great way to help them find the answers and let the parent be the hero of the story. Last thing, how do we win at partner with parents? Say something positive. I want to pause. Say it again. Say Mm -hmm. something positive positive about their kid. So Jennifer, in closing, will you tell us about a time when somebody said something positive about your kid and why that meant so much? 
last year, my son invited some friends from his football team to switch. And I didn't really know that he had even invited them. He didn't tell me. He was super excited at the end of the night and told me about how his friend Nathan had given his life to Christ. And he's super excited about it. But what I didn't know was that Nathan came because Smith invited him. I found that out because my son's leader texted me and said, guess what happened? Smith invited these four students. Two of them gave their lives to Christ. It's so incredible that that he's like living out this thing. That I mean, it was this big, long text. And it was so cool because I, I would not have known. Like my kid was excited that his friend's life was changed, but I didn't know that he played a part in that until the leader told me this is what happened. That's a big one. But also when a leader says, they spoke up, they were encouraging. Here's something that I bragged on about then. This happened with, I've got a sixth grader now on Switch and her leader texted me and said something that she had led in their group. And in just, listen, if you want an in for me, say something good about my kid and I will step in front of a moving train for you like forever. So even if it, even if there's something small, that kid's a great leader. They could be tearing the paint off the walls and, you know, going nuts in your group. But if you can tell them, if you can tell the parent, they are growing so much, like they're leading this group, they're influencers. It makes a huge impact. I love that you have the perspective as a parent to get to share. Like, I'm not just telling you that this makes a huge impact. I've experienced it. And so just imagine how differently parents would see the church if we were to make them the hero of their family's story. We partner with parents because we want families to win. Remember, we're not looking to be the hero. We're looking to help parents lead their families and lead them spiritually. So do everything that you can to partner with parents well. Hopefully this gives you some practical ideas of how to do that. Make sure that you are sharing the podcast with other leaders. Make sure you're encouraging them to listen just like you are so that they can become better leaders and better followers of Jesus. And as always, thank you for joining us on the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow.